Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes in public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its soundness initiative. This episode is sponsored by OfficerPrivacy.com. Are you ready to delete your information from the internet to keep you and your family safe? Then go to OfficerPrivacy.com slash POCUA for a special offer today. Hi, I'm Ken Bader, your host for Public Safety Talk Radio. And as always, I have a great guest. And this is a really intriguing guest because this is an individual that is a serial entrepreneur. He calls himself Scott the Insurance Pro Edwards. Um, his name, real name is Robert, but he calls himself Scott. Maybe we'll come up with another name while we'll go here. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's done a number of things, including run a, a comedy club, which we'll get into. And you may wonder, well, why in the heck is he on Public Safety Talk Radio? He is married to a law enforcement professional, and we're going to get into that as well. Scott, welcome to the show, man. Ken, it's such a pleasure. It's great to uh, be here for you and your audience, and let's do this properly. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Scott. Did I, All right, did that's I, enough. Did I, did I tell you that he owned a comedy club? He loves the attention, <laughs> so sorry. Sorry, we're still, you know, on the ass end of COVID and everything here, so we can't do this in person or live, but maybe someday we'll be able to do that. Uh, but let's start, since it is public safety talk radio, you know, let's start with the fact that your wife has an unusual job in law enforcement. She's, I, I think some of it is secretive. She's like a James Bond or something. Tell us what you, tell us what you can about your wife and, and her particular profession. Well, it's interesting because um, it, it, our niece and nephew actually uh, consider her a spy, but it's it's really not that secret. It, what it is, is she works for a more clandestine part of law enforcement. She uh, represents and works with all the various departments. She's really had a two-page career, and I'm just so proud of her. But being the spouse of uh, someone like this in, in the area of work she is, is interesting because there's many, many times she'll come home and, and look a little ragged and say, hey, honey, how was your day? And she goes, sorry, can't tell you. Yeah. Um, it uh, is one of those things that uh, I'm not allowed to be uh, a part of her work experience. I think in a normal marriage, I know that when in my, uh, right now I currently own an insurance agency, if I have a particularly good day or bad day, you know, you want to run home to your spouse and kind of vent or share and she's in a position where she can't do that now i am pervy to a few interesting stories because once time passes yeah. or a case is closed she can tell me a little more details but she started off in a um uh, anti-drug uh, anti-marijuana actually specific task force and um she's an intelligence analyst so she is not an armed officer, but she supports agents, uh, both federal, state, and local. And she does that through her intelligence and her, I mean, I think she's brilliant, but her ability to search out and uh, bring information to the agents to help them close cases. 
Well, since she's an intelligence analyst, does she ever analyze you and tell you that you don't make the grade? <laughs> well, I, I've often worried if this uh, might lead to her uh, uh, awakening to the idea that she married me. But uh, luckily, uh, I met her uh, through um, the comedy club. I owned a chain of comedy clubs for over 20 years. She came to work for me when she was 19 and was one of my employees. I was actually married to somebody else initially, and that didn't last. That was, uh, uh, you might be able to relate, 18 months of marriage, 18 years of payments. But uh, <laughs> after that, we became friends, and uh, after about a 15-year dating period, I convinced her to marry me. So she became co-owner of the clubs that she'd been working in, and um, we did that up until 2001, and then uh, when we got out of that, I'm an entrepreneur. I started my first company when I was 17. I've had uh, 10 different companies uh, that I've worked on and, and opened and created, and I love the entrepreneurial experience. She hated it. Um, it's not always financially stable, and oh, I lost some of my lighting. Um, oh, you know, that's that's perfect timing. It's not financially <laughs> stable. Hey, I didn't pay my bill. Yeah, good, good, good thing. Good thing your wife's in law enforcement, man. Exactly. Somebody's got a job. Got well, that was the key of my in. topic. Is she? Her father was a uh, county sheriff his whole life, retired county sheriff, and she was raised in that um, lifestyle of stability. You know, they never had a lot of money, but there was always stability and good health care. And when we got out of the comedy business, uh, she ran to that. She has a degree in criminology. Um, she's done some teaching on the college level. And she ended up um, working for the uh, federal government through a program called HIDA. Mm -hmm. And uh, a, a quick story that's kind of fun, Please. even though you know she had to share it after the fact, um, as part of the anti-marijuana task force, which of course, uh, sadly, it's kind of gone away with the states legalizing a lot, so there's sure. not a big push there. But back in the day, uh, there was one time um, she was picked up by a car and taken out to the airport, her and her team of uh, three people total, and they hopped into a um, military Huey helicopter with six um, fully armed, uh, decked out in tech gear, and this was not... You know, she wasn't prepared so much, but they uh, flew her in this task force out to a marijuana grow, dropped them in. The six, uh, our, you know, military guys went mm -hmm. running out, set a perimeter, and her and the uh, three other people did what's called a whacking stack and took out <laughs> over uh, 200 plants, which then they uh, airlifted out of the area. And it was so funny because as her husband, when she's telling me this after the fact, I'm like, yeah, it sounds kind of scary. And she goes, well, it was really uh, thrilling to be in the uh, Huey helicopter, but a little nerve wracking. But she never feels at risk because even though she's in some grow that someone's going to want to protect sure she had a small army protecting her very well armed and protected guys and uh and that's been the case over and over and over she's not an armed officer but every time she's involved in a particular case she's surrounded by really smart guys that are qualified to take care of her sure
sure. that gives me as the husband some peace of mind. But it is a little scary to hear, especially when it's after the fact. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's by the story. I mean, my my wife is not in law enforcement. She's in healthcare, but because of HIPAA laws, you know, there's only so much that she can share with me. You know, on the day of, and there, are, much like you, there are stories that I may hear years later. Because now, you know, that person doesn't work for her anymore, or it's enough time has gone past where she could share something, you know, without the name, of course. Uh, but, you know, she's, she's very tight-lipped on, on most things, as much like your wife is. Um, you know, so it's, it's kind of interesting from a spouse standpoint. You, know, you want to be there to, to help and support. But there's only so much that that your wife can share. Yeah, how does that affect you and your relationship? You because know, you see, you're a very funny, laid back guy, and unfortunately, <laughs> and while law enforcement can be very funny too, I mean, you know, time plus or what is it, tragedy plus time equals comedy. Right. Um, right. But you know, you, you're a pretty laid back guy, and you want to have that type of relationship, but. Yeah, law enforcement can be heavy sometimes, and, and, you, and you can't know everything. Well, what's worse for me is I have white knight syndrome. Um, I want to take care of her. I want to protect her. And one of the most difficult aspects of being the spouse is not really having that ability. And that's frustrating to me as the spouse. But And I think that uh, at times it's comforting to her, but it also it can be really annoying to her because she's just doing her job. She knows that she understands that she's safe and uh, protected, but the dealing with the over anxious husband might just add to her plate. And so I try, and I have, I've, I've um, made situations that were bad worse accidentally trying to be helpful. And, um, I think that, you know, I've learned over time and, and she, you know, she's been very patient that we've worked it out and I, and I'm not quite the, uh, uh, noise, uh, annoying hovering husband. I was, <laughs> you know, when we first got married, we've been uh, married over 22 years. So, uh, and that was after 15 years of, uh, dating. So we're very, uh, aware of each other. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting because, yeah, you, you hear of the, the dynamic many times um, through organizations like How to Love Our Cops and the Code 9 Project and so forth, where most of the time it's a male police officer and a female wife. And there's the dynamics of that, which are pretty traditional of, you know, the, sometimes the wife's working, sometimes the wife is just raising the kids, and there's the supportive part and how having to deal with the job and so forth. You know, it's, it's very, it's not as often that you have a male spouse that isn't in law enforcement or some similar job. Sometimes you have these first responder type couples um, or the running joke that that I have with a few people is is hey guess who the cop is married to a nurse <laughs> well hey that never happens yeah <laughs> so you, you have some you have two people in professions that kind of understand each other from the standpoint of they're in a similar career uh, but this is kind of the lesser known situation where you have a, a non-public safety professional as a as the husband and a wife that's in law enforcement. 
So I guess the question that I'm really getting at is, since she's in law enforcement, can she kick your ass? <laughs> well, uh, she's she's uh, what I would call a tough broad. She's, uh, she's definitely uh, down to earth. One of the reasons I love her so much is that uh, she's not one of your princess brides. You know, she, she doesn't wear heels ever. She has very limited jewelry. She's not a shopaholic. I mean... I feel blessed as a husband that I've got a, a very self-contained wife. Two funny quick uh, stories for your audience that I think uh, they'll get a kick out of. Now a word from the POCUA. The POCUA can suggest a credit union that serves public safety professionals in practically every state in the country. While we can suggest a number of local and regional institutions that serve first responders, when a police officer resides in a state without a POCUA member organization, we are proud to refer him or her to the National Police Credit Union. The National Police Credit Union was born out of a desire to serve those who serve and protect. As a division of Chicago Patrolman's Federal Credit Union, the National Police Credit Union builds upon over 80 years of expertise in the financial services industry. The National Police Credit Union's goal is to bring police credit union access to every officer who currently does not enjoy the benefits that access brings them. For information about the National Police Credit Union, go to nationalpolicecu.com or call 844-COP-SAVE. To find a POCUA credit union nearest you, go to policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't banking with a POCUA credit union, you're just working with an institution that just so happens to serve public safety professionals and you deserve better. One, when she, this goes back uh, over 12 years ago when she first got in and she was really naive. Uh, they said, hey, uh, come along. We're gonna uh, go hit this meth lab. And she's like, uh, oh, okay. And she hops in the back of an uh, officer's car and there's like a parade of uh, six or eight cars and they go out to this uh, meth lab that's in a barn. And what's was scary for her is she's in the back seat. First off, she's in the back seat. So everybody driving by thinks she's the criminal. And then they get to the location and there's two hazmat trucks and everybody's in hazmat gear because mm -hmm. these places are so dangerous and so costly. Full of chemicals. Right. And she's not. <laughs> <laughs> so she they said you want to come out she goes no i'm fine here in the car <laughs> not really <laughs> right she stayed in the car until they went in and uh uh did a safety check and cleared it and then uh she got a chance to experience the whole uh, uh takedown and cleanup but it was pretty nerve-wracking for her to uh, uh be in that situation and everybody is extra protected and she was just her. The other quick story was you were talking about the male-female relationship when it comes to careers. And it's been kind of humorous because um, most of your um, police officers will know there's a thing called CNOA, which is a convention for uh, law enforcement. And uh, we've been to uh, several of those but it never fails that we'll sit down with a group of officers and they all start talking to me about cases and law enforcement. And I know enough of the jargon to uh, hold up a conversation, but my wife is secretly kind of laughing under her 
breath because they're all talking to me and she's sitting next to me and they have no clue. She's the really smart one. <laughs> you know, she's the one that's uh, uh, on top of things. But uh, it, it has been interesting and uh, I couldn't be prouder. Yeah. Off camera, we were talking about the, uh, the comedy club experience that you have. And you quipped that running a comedy club kind of prepared both you and her for your careers. And that was kind of an interesting insight. Yeah, tell me more about that. Well, first off, the comedy club chain was my third business. And um, I had uh, already, I have that type A personality where I'm a salesman and, and I'm really good with people. But when you're, and I own, it was not just comedy clubs, it was restaurants and stuff. Right. Uh, when you're in the customer service business, you have to learn to interact with the public and the public can be pretty diverse. You know, you have your nice, pleasant, polite people, and then there's all the everybody else, right? And um, in the customer service side, you learn uh, how to read people, how to uh, take care of people, how to uh, shut up and listen when you need to, and how to be uh, strong and forceful when you need to. And in the case of my bride, she um, started off as a food waitress or, or um, hostess, uh, the lowest possible uh, position in my business at the time. And it's so funny because she got the job because she fit the tuxedo. But anyway, uh, I see you had a real stringent hiring process. <laughs> yeah. Good, good for you, you know, man. You fit the outfit. Come on board. <laughs> but she worked her way up and eventually she was actually manager of a couple of my restaurants. But at the biggest chunk of her career, she was my fastest and best bartender. And what's interesting about that is she's a teetotaler at the time. She didn't drink at all. But as a bartender and customer service, you really have to not only be able to listen, but also how to be firm. And I think that when she got into law enforcement, not only was she the daughter of a uh, sheriff, but she was a, uh, able to take those years in customer service to help her interact and deal with a, you know, a male-dominated, testosterone-driven industry, which it needs to be. And one of the reasons that uh, uh, the comedy part, and this may or may not be interesting, but comedy is not it prob only- It probably isn't, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, comedy can be clean or dirty, right? In other words, there's, there's a lot of language used in a comedy club and it just becomes part of the industry. It's like being a dock worker is an example. So it's also like being in law enforcement. In other words, she gets in and she's working around with these guys and they're normally try to be polite and respectful in front of women. And what's nice about my bride is she fit right in. She can talk crap like anybody <laughs> and nothing shocks her, right? So it, it was a good training ground for the career she's had the last 12 plus years, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. And I, I certainly don't want any women in the workplace to feel uncomfortable or, or be verbally abused in any way. Uh, but, you know, I found one of the things that I always enjoyed, sometimes I, I talk about my ex-wife on these shows that I, I give her some crap. But one thing that I actually always enjoyed about my ex-wife, and she always worked in jobs where there were a lot of men, 
is when there was something of a, of kind of an off sexual connotation. Instead of getting, oh my god, you know, you didn't, can't believe you said that. She would throw it right back at him. Right, right. And and say, you know, you probably can't even get it up anymore. So don't even bother me like, with this <laughs> with, with this ridiculous crap. And yeah, and, and they'd be so shocked and so embarrassed. Like, well, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think she's ever had to deal with that. What's interesting about law enforcement is it's never. Um, um, anti-woman or right. or at directed at her they just feel comfortable talking as men around men in other words right. uh it's it's she's never she would not put up with any crap towards her but it's never right. that way she is always treated with respect and uh there's a reason she earns their respect by the work that she does right helps close cases helps saves lives helps uh uh, take down the bad guys. And that's the important part of her uh, career. In fact, one other quick story what is Please. her husband. What's difficult is she has to travel a lot. And again, I can't go with her and protect her. But uh, she was doing some, uh, as I mentioned, uh, because she's in this uh, umbrella federal task force, she works with all the departments, she was doing a, a case with the National Park Service and had to fly out to Arkansas where she was doing crime scene work and looking for uh, uh, bullets and shells and, and stuff in a, in a situation. And I'm sitting back at home, you know, worried that she's at this crime scene out in the middle of the woods where uh, somebody had gone kind of nuts and shot up the place and injured people. And again, uh, not only is she working with a strong team of uh, uh, tactfully, you know, uh, dressed officers to protect her. Well but, armed, we'll call them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it, it was also fascinating for me and her that, you know, she's on an active crime scene and she's uh, collecting evidence. Uh, it was, it uh, has been really interesting over the years. Yeah, yeah, I I have, I, I am not, I never have been a first responder, but I've been privileged to know and work with a number of them, whether it be police officers, firefighters, EMTs, and, and, and maybe this ties into the comedy club experience a little bit, is I find that the best public safety professionals all seem to have this gallows humor where oh. where they where they make fun and, and civilians if they heard it out of context would would be shocked but yeah a, a lot of them have this gallows humor where they're in essence making fun of some pretty serious situations and at any very professional career-minded public safety professional will tell you that that's somewhat of a defense mechanism. Oh, definitely. If, it's mental you, health. Yeah. If you didn't do that, you'd, you'd be sitting down, breaking down every day. Well, it, it's similar to uh, morticians have always been known to have a great sense of humor. And um, luckily my bride has a, a terrific sense of humor. I think it was there before she worked at the comedy club, the comedy club just honed it and sharpened it. But you have to, for example, in her particular line of work, um, she gets a weekly headless report, um, <laughs> you know, where they, they find corpses that have been beheaded and she has, you know, she gets that report weekly. 
so that they can track uh, activity. And I mean, you can't get deal with that kind of information on a daily basis and not have to protect your emotional and mental ability with, with some, um, you know, making it light of it. And it's, it's not easy and not everybody can do it. There's certainly uh, many reasons why law enforcement professionals need uh, a little bit of therapy here and there. But uh, in her case, um, and I've known her since she was young, uh, I'm fairly naive. She is uh, not that anymore. She is, uh, <laughs> sure. She's really uh, developed into an impressive young woman. Yeah, I, I truly, truly understand that. And I'm not surprised at all. Um, well, let's, yeah, should we talk about you at all? I mean, it's really, you know, it's really interesting, much more interesting probably for me and my audience to talk about your wife and what she does, but you want to talk about you or should we just end the show right here? No, no, no. Let me get a couple quick things in. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well, one thing I do want to talk about in all seriousness, um, is I do know from the privilege of working with um, law enforcement, firefighters, and their spouses, that one of the things that, that spouses are uh, always concerned about is insurance. Um, and that gives me a chance to, to plug one of our very best sponsors, the finest service organization that provides that killed in the line of duty insurance for, for police officers through our police credit unions. Uh, but the spouses are really focused on that because of taking care of their family. Uh, in case, God forbid, something happened. And also just some basic things like the home and, and car and everything else. So as an insurance expert, you, do you have a couple of, of key tips for first responder families out there? Yeah, there's a couple things that people uh, uh, don't think about enough. And I totally relate to what you're saying, even in the case of my bride, when she's off working a, a crime scene or a case, I'm responsible and worried about making sure everything's okay and that when she comes home, there's no drama on this end. She has enough out in the field. I wanna make this a safe haven. And part of that is managing your insurance so that it's not a concern for either spouse. Mm -hmm. And in, as a uh, tenure veteran insurance professional, I would recommend uh, these tips. First off, I would say at least annually, um, meet with your agent or over the phone and go over your policy and make sure that it's got all the current information. I can't tell you how many clients contact me and go, oh, you know, I, I sold this car eight months ago. And I'm like, well, you know, you've been paying for it and I can backdate a certain bit, but you know, you, you, you've thrown away some money. Or they, they purchased something like a large piece of jewelry or they added a, a gun to their gun collection or something, but they don't have, they have not increased their uh, personal property protection. And it's real important that you keep on top of those. A couple quick tidbits, um, I would always carry high deductibles. Not only does it save you term to term on your insurance, but claims should be rare. Insurance should be for the emergencies and uh, big losses in life, not for the little bumps in the road. And here's why. A lot of people don't know this, that whether it's your car or your home, if you put in a claim, it stays on your public record for three years. Huh. So if you put in a, a great example, we had a lot of windstorms this winter. If your fence blew down 
and it was $1,200 to fix and you had a $1,000 deductible and you put in a claim because you're going to net $200, don't. It's not worth it because that claim is then on your insurance and will increase your premium for the next three years. Hmm. Now, of course, the bigger the claim, the bigger the increase, but every claim, especially many small ones, ding you more than one big yeah. one. In other words, the insurance industry understands that things happen, but if you have a lot of little things happen and you're putting in a lot of little claims, you're not the kind of client they want to do a business with and you're gonna find that they're gonna drop you or raise your rates just to get rid of you. Mm -hmm. Another thing for your law enforcement and healthcare professionals, most major carriers have what's called an affinity, affinity discount. Mm -hmm. And what that is is make sure you're agent knows he's going to need proof, you know, a pay stub, a, a, a certificate from college or, or something to prove your backing. But if you're a professional CPA, anybody in healthcare and any law enforcement professional is afforded discounts on their premiums. So if you have not done that or confirmed that, make sure you do that. It'll save you money. Uh, so these are the kinds of things that make a difference in the overall expense of insurance, but more importantly, the peace of mind that you're protecting your assets and your family properly. Yeah, that's that's a great tip. I wasn't even aware of that, even being in the financial industry, that uh, a lot of public safety professions do get some type of, of a discount from uh, from insurance companies. So that's that's great to know. And I and I completely agree with you on filing claims for little dings. I, we we live here in Long Beach, California, and the cars are near palm trees and you know <laughs> windows get broken and things get dented. And I'm like, you know, that's why we have old cars. I'm not gonna worry about that. I'm not you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about the dent. If the if the window breaks I'm calling safe flight and writing a check you know now if i got five thousand dollars worth of damage yeah i'm gonna make a call <laughs> yeah there's a reason the insurance is there um a great example uh a lot of people don't realize the the reason i always recommend a high deductible for example in my homeowners i keep a twenty five hundred dollar deductible and yeah things happen that cost less than that and i pay out of pocket but i haven't had a major claim I mean, in my, I've been in my house 32 years, I've had two claims and the premium I've saved in those 32 years by having a high deductible more than compensates for what I've had to pay out for the small claims. And when it comes to auto insurance, a lot of people are thinking, well, if something happens to my car, you know, I want someone to pay for it. Well, here's the thing. You only have to be concerned about the deductible if you're at fault. Yeah. In other words, if somebody hits you, their liability will cover you without any deductible. If they don't have insurance, then your insurance through uninsured motorists will kick in and protect you. But by having a high deductible, and I'm talking 1000 to 1500 on your cars, a lot of people want to carry 500 but that's a waste. Yeah. Because when was the last time you personally caused an accident? In my case, I'm an older gentleman, but I've caused two well, accidents. Older. Huh? Well, you're older. Yeah, I am. <laughs> and, and I drive slower. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but in, in my, you know, 50 plus years of driving, I've caused two accidents. 
So I've had to pay my deductible twice. Imagine the thousands of dollars in savings I've gotten through not having to pay a higher premium because I carried a higher deductible. So if I go out and cause an accident tomorrow, I've banked all that, you know, I didn't really, but I mean, I've yeah. saved so much money that me having to go out of pocket's not a big deal. And someone hits me, their liability is going to take care of me. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great tips because I know a lot of these first responder families are always looking to, to save a few bucks here and there. I also know, especially for police officers, firefighters too, uh, especially with families, they love their toys, their RVs, their boats, uh, right. their boats and uh, you know, snowmobiles, you know, if they're in Minnesota or something, um, and, <laughs> and, and you know, they, they love to or be Texas able to, week. yeah, or Texas. Yeah. If you're in Houston, you know, maybe you could actually, you know, use, use a snowmobile. I don't think there's enough snow for that. Um, but so they, they love their to toys. Any insurance tips on boats, RVs, those types of things for those types of families? Well, it's really important that you let your agent know as soon as possible that you have those extra items because in some ways you're already protected through your homeowners or your automotive. In other words, if you have stuff stolen out of your car, stolen out of a boat or something, that's actually covered on your homeowners. Mm -hmm. But the actual... Uh, piece of equipment, the motorcycle, the uh, jet ski, the boat does need to have its own coverage um, itself to protect you against damage. And what's interesting about that, and I'm going to use a boat as an example, you should have boat insurance because if you hit something while out on a river or a lake or the ocean or something hits you, but I get more claims from somebody driving their boat somewhere and they get in an accident and the boat goes flying. Hmm. In other words, the, the yeah. boat or the jet ski or whatever is more damaged out of the water than it would be. There's more risk of it being uh, damaged during transport than it is out actually on the water. And having the proper coverage is important. One more tip. There's a couple insurance companies, I won't name names, that are uh, all uh, internet-based that in order to be the cheapest, they will offer you policies with less than proper uninsured motorist. For example, as a homeowner, you should carry 100,000, 300,000 in liability to protect you in case you accidentally hurt or kill somebody. It protects your mortgage, it protects your family's finances. But a lot of these companies will say, well, we'll save you money and we're gonna give you 25,000, 50,000 in uninsured motorist. That's crazy. Because yeah, it saves you on premium, but how, you know, I'm in California, how many <laughs> uninsured and more important yeah. underinsured people are out there driving? So there's some uh, 30 year old, uh, not married person that's carrying the state minimum 15,000 liability. Mm -hmm. He hits me and I get injured. That 15,000 is going to be gone in your first emergency room visit. How about all the other expenses? Yeah. So that's when your uninsured motorist kicks in. And if you're down there around 25,000, there's not enough. So as a professional, I always recommend that you match your liability with your uninsured motorist so that you're protecting your family as much as you're protecting the other guy's family. Yeah. Well, I live in Los Angeles County, so I never worry about, you know, uninsured or uninsured <laughs> motorist. It's only the largest, most, I think I looked at it, it was the most populous county 
in the country uh, just because of the strange way that New York counties are kind of right. uh, uh, situated. But uh... <laughs> yeah, no, and that's a real concern. Um, a lot of people don't understand that the 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 idea that I'm going to cause an accident, it, I feel pretty comfortable. I'm a competent driver with many years of experience. I'm less likely to cause an accident and hurt somebody. But can you say that about all those other people yeah. you live with in the county? And are they insured? And are they insured properly? So that's the gamble in insurance. And as an insurance buyer, you have to keep in mind it's there to protect your family. And that's what you have to do. Yeah, very interesting and great tips. Last question I have for you. In fact, we didn't even get to this. I believe you have a podcast coming out. How can our audience get in touch with you? Whether they whether they whether they want to uh, get some insurance or or they or tell us about this new podcast. Uh, a lot of our audience may be interested in that too. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Thank you, Ken. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in healthcare and law enforcement, what's the most important thing for your mental health? Laughter. <laughs> Enjoy life. You're on those long car rides. You're in the commute. You have to get somewhere. Put on a podcast. And even though Ken's podcast is always really informative and you should listen, you need a break, a little bit of laughter. So check out Stand Up Comedy, your host and MC. And what it is, Ken, is that in 21 years of producing comedy shows, I did concerts, TV shows, thousands and thousands of uh, live stage shows. Uh, I produced a couple CDs, an album, I wrote a book. I know comedy. And what I've done is I've collected a lot of material from some now very famous people, Dana Carvey, Jay Leno, Bob Saget, you name it, I've got them. They all work for me. And I put together this podcast. It's actually been out, uh, will be a year next month. And every show is jam-packed with stand-up comedy that you'll certainly make you smile, if not laugh out loud. And I've interspersed that with some interesting interviews with a lot of famous people. I've uh, recently interviewed uh, Yakov Smirnov, who was a mm -hmm. huge uh, comedy star, yeah. comic from Russia. Uh, Willie Tyler and Lester, and what was funny about that is Lester was a better interview than Willie. Uh, <laughs> so if you like uh, the comedy business, you like to laugh, check out Stand Up Comedy, your host and MC, the podcast for you. And I'm assuming that they can find that on all the usual channels, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Yeah, just uh, like yours. My, my, uh, my, my cousin Vinny's podcast, all of that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> hey, and if you can't find it there, there's a website, www.standupyourhostandmc.com. And there, there's some great pictures of some of the celebrities I mentioned, along with other information. So, yeah, check out the podcast. It's it's. Uh, what's funny is we've talked about some pretty serious subjects, law enforcement and insurance and uh, entrepreneurship as, as a comedy club owner. But what it's led to was this podcast where I'm able to share um, my friendship with a lot of uh, famous and, and not so famous comics that are very funny and material that is guaranteed to uh, brighten someone's day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
audience, you know, if you're if you're a cop, you're a firefighter, EMT, you need a little comedy in your life uh, <laughs> these days. And since in a lot of places, comedy clubs aren't able to open or be open right now, check out Scott's uh, podcast, the Stand Up Comedy Podcast. Take a look at it. Go to the website that he mentioned. We'll certainly put it in the in the show notes. And if you're in California and you need insurance, certainly reach out to Scott uh, because. <laughs> He certainly yeah. he certainly understands what it's what it's like to be in a law enforcement family. And, uh, go ahead. Yeah, and not that I'm a marketing guy, but I am considered Scott the insurance pro. Yes. So you can uh, Google that and uh, find me no problem. But uh, Ken, it's been a real pleasure being on your show and, and sharing some uh, insurance and, and law enforcement. Uh, stories with your uh, listeners and thanks for uh, letting me mention the podcast but uh, uh, you do a great service for this group of listeners so thanks for all that you do oh it's my pleasure it's been my pleasure to have you on the show had a lot of fun with you uh, thank you for your time and thank your wife for everything that she does as is a law enforcement professional well it uh, uh, I will I will let her know because uh, it is, I'm just so proud of what she does, not only uh, for me and in our family, but what she does for uh, this country. I mean, I could say a certain department, but she's really from coast to coast, she's involved in uh, some serious matters and she does a good job and uh, I'm very proud of her. Yeah. And I will pass that on. Thanks, Ken. You're very welcome. I'm sure you are proud. You have a right to be. Thank you again. And thank you to all of you who have either watched or listened to this episode of Public Safety Talk Radio. And we will be back with you in about a week with another great guest. Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POCUA. POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, you're just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today.